Welcome to The Leverage Point. A podcast about your development and performance at work. Improvement doesn't have to be hard. Or boring. This podcast is a pragmatist guide to growth, achievement and success. Discover your Leverage Point. I'm Angela Lane. And I'm Sergei Gorbatov. We are researchers and practitioners in the fields of talent, human performance and behavior. Together with you, we'll translate science into leverage points. So, Sergey, what's up today? Today, we're talking to Joy Monskaiva. Joy is in the business of helping others get feedback they need. Some years ago, while working as a consultant teaching coaching skills, Joy researched why the majority of managers find it challenging to give really effective feedback. And when she studied hundreds of sales coaching reports and performance reviews and interviewed senior leaders, she found a breakthrough correlation. When certain language was used to give feedback, it resulted in better performance improvement than when other different language was used. This sparked a realization. You could amplify the impact of feedback by leveraging what Joy refers to as a coaching language. When you arm yourself with some simple phrases, you become a powerful giver and receiver of feedback. So today we're going to hear directly from Joy. She's going to share some of her coaching language tips, and we'll discuss how having the right words at the tip of your tongue can be a leverage point. So Joy, welcome. Delighted to have you with us. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. So I want to start with what is probably the most obvious question. What's actually more important? Is it the content of your feedback or the form? Beyond being too philosophical, in giving feedback, why are words so important? Good question, actually. It may sound like everybody knows this, but I'm not sure that they do. Words matter because people react to words. We want people to react positively to the feedback that we offer, and we want them to feel motivated to do their best. So think about it in very simple terms. When someone compliments you on something, you feel good about that, right? We all love compliments. Feedback is not all compliments, however. So how do we get people to react positively when we deliver constructive feedback? The words we use to deliver our message can make all the difference in the world. And that's why I created this coaching language. It's made up of word prompts and what I call thought formulas. So I'll be telling you about that and you'll be getting some word prompts and some thought formulas that you can use. In my experience, when we give managers the words, good coaching follows, not just in scheduled one-to-ones, but casual in the moment coaching too. And so I often ask people, Describe the best manager you've ever had. And over the years of hearing various answers, I've created a composite of what I hear most often. And here's what it sounds like. She told me what I needed to hear. Not always what I wanted to hear, but what I needed to hear. And she did it in a way that was motivating. She did it in a way that was motivating. If more managers knew how to do that, companies would see performance absolutely soar. So words matter. You know that we are such fans of feedback and absolutely believe that it starts a very positive cycle towards that higher performance. But building on your comments, if words matter, and and I'm convinced, I'm absolutely convinced, how do I know? 
as a leader, whether I'm using the right words or whether I've, you know, misstepped and I've fallen into using the wrong words. Well, one easy way to kind of test it out, if you will, is something I call trading places. It's pretty simple. Put yourself in the other person's place and think about how you would react if somebody used certain words with you. Another question I often ask managers is, what do you say to someone who hasn't done what you expected? And the answer that I hear often is, you failed. Listen to the word failed. How do you feel or how do you react when someone tells you you've failed? We can choose better words than fail when we talk about performance. Now, that may be an extreme example, but it's an easy thing to do after you've had a coaching conversation with someone. Think about the words you chose. What impact did they have? How did somebody react? And one of the things that's so easy to do is to focus on the future. Rather than the past, and you can talk about what someone can do to meet expectations in the future, even just the weeks and the months ahead. Now, I'm not suggesting that we avoid frank discussions about something that didn't go right. We have to do that. However, what we can do is emphasize action that will impact the outcome. So let's suppose a team member didn't complete a task on time in November. They probably know that they didn't complete it on time. So what's the point of belaboring what went wrong? We can't change that now. Instead of attacking or judging, get the person to open up by starting a dialogue with the word how. How can we ensure that you meet the project deadlines in December and January? Then be quiet. And that's really important. Let the person tell you what they think will work. And in the process, the two of you will discover the reason for their being late. I mean, maybe there was a sick child involved that required extra time. Maybe they left the work to the last minute and other things came up. Quite possibly, the heart of the problem is planning and time management. So the dialogue starting with the word how gives you an opportunity to coach. And that may really fix the problem. Starting a conversation with you failed, you didn't, or even why didn't you, will put somebody on the defensive. I recommend highlighting the outcome desired more than the problem experienced. And the simple word how takes you in a different direction. So which words or phrases would you recommend for that first step of the model? Tell me why it matters. Well, first, I want to tell you, I am a big fan of your model. I think it works. It's practical. I'm sure when you are working with managers, they latch onto it quickly. And it makes such great sense. And what you're going to hear from me is that some of the parts of your model may go together. So we'll talk about that and see how, you know, it might not be your, the first thing you say has to do with why. All three elements need to be there. And it's sometimes how you say it where you might combine the why and the action. So keep uh, listening for that kind of difference and we'll clarify that um, whenever you want to. So one way to tell someone why an action or an approach matters is to tie the action to a benefit. 
And you can do that in several ways. One of the easiest to use is something I call the since and benefit formula. Step one, offer a specific reason, starting with the word since. Follow with the words you need to. So we start with the word since, we give a reason, then we say you need to. Step two is to give the benefit of the improved behavior for the person or a benefit for the company. So let's go back to that common issue of not meeting deadlines that we talked about a minute ago. We can tie what's not going well to what you expect like this. Since your monthly summaries were late three months in a row, you need to plan ahead to ensure that you always provide these on time. Now listen to that first part again. Since your monthly summaries were late three months in a row, we're not avoiding what didn't meet expectations, but we're not primarily focused on that. We're moving on to what to do to fix the problem. Now, we add the benefit, and that's the part that motivates, and you do that like this. Adhering to deadlines keeps the entire reporting process running smoothly. No one else will be delayed when your reports are on time. So in this example, we're connecting the benefit to the entire team. In some cases, the benefit may be a personal one. What does the team member get out of the action? maybe less stress. There could be all kinds of things. Benefits sell ideas. And while managers may not think that they are salespeople, part of your job as a manager is selling good performance, convincing someone that what you suggest is important and stressing that it will help them be more successful. Now, you can also use this sense and benefit formula with dialogue, not just direction. So here's an example. Since your time to talk with stakeholders is minimal right now, how can you use this opportunity to stay connected in another way? What if you used short emails? What might come out of that effort? Now that dialogue leads the team member to come up with the benefit. And notice those questions start with how and what, the two best words for asking questions. They open up the conversation. They encourage someone to be specific. So there are different ways we can go about this. The sense and benefit formula is one of the easiest to apply. This is so fascinating. It really got me excited. And maybe for my sake and for the sake of our listeners, could we do an example with a behavior? Because you gave examples of meeting deadlines or getting the results. Uh, What we hear from leaders, the most difficult types of feedback to give and most difficult coaching conversations are around those softer things. Oh, you looked the wrong way. You said the wrong word. You are not connecting to your peers. A recent example that's on top of my head is somebody who needs to get feedback on aligning with peers. It's someone who is a driver, who gets results. Just see a bear, shoot a bear, and not linking in with the others, not looking at the enterprise and the benefit of a wider organization. What would be the right formula? What would be the right way to give them the feedback? I don't think I would use the sense and benefit formula there. But I think the benefit can still work. I would recommend the word to 
and a benefit. And that would put the benefit up front. So something like to ensure that you're aligned with your colleagues and then the action of what we would recommend. And of course, you know, I'm pulling out a, a sentence, a comment, but there certainly would be discussion uh, before that comment, I think, to stress the fact of how important alignment would be. Does that make sense to you? Yes, perfect. And this two statement, it's very much aligned with the first step of our formula, tell me why it matters. And basically with the two, you can jump right in. Mm-hmm. just to make sure that we're all moving in the right direction to ensure that you are delivering greatest value to the organization. You know, your impact will be amplified. You will get a great, stronger reputation as an organizational leader. This is what I expect you to do or uh, and, and, and you forward action. Okay, fantastic. Uh, let's move to the second step of our model and that's the meat and the proverbial feedback sandwich. That's where you give the facts, the examples, the formulation of your point of view on someone's performance as a manager. Tell me how I'm doing. It's communicating an aligned assessment regarding a certain aspect of performance behavior. So if you really need to bring someone to the realization that their performance is not meeting expectations, and we've, we find many examples that sometimes it's not enough just to outline the benefit and communicate the expectations. Sometimes it's really important to ground someone on in what they're doing, what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. So what are the words that are most effective for this step? Well, the most important advice in general for talking about how I'm doing is to be specific. And that's where a lot of people fall short. Now, if you say to somebody, you did a good job on the XYZ project or, or you, you didn't meet our expectations on the XYZ project. That's not enough. What exactly did I do that made the presentation good? What exactly did I not do that made it not work effectively? So one thought formula that works here is to start with the word when, give a what happened statement, and then finish the comment with a connection to behavior. So here's a comment that illustrates that. When the opportunity presented itself, you didn't hesitate to take on lead roles and additional responsibilities. Now, if you were the team member hearing that and you were really eager to take on responsibilities, wouldn't you love having your manager acknowledge it? You know, you didn't just take care of the tasks that were part of your job. You didn't hesitate to take on additional responsibilities. And when we remind people of their positive attitude and and positive actions, we encourage that to continue that behavior. So another factor in the how category would be avoiding descriptive words. Focus on the action instead. So what was the impact of how someone did something? For example, labeling a person disorganized is not going to result in their suddenly becoming organized. Telling (laughs) someone they're indecisive is not going to improve their decision making. And yet we have so many people who use descriptive words when they, they feel like they have to describe 
how somebody did it. And so they, they use words like that. Action words are far better. Focus on the action, which again, as I mentioned, in your model, your action is the next step, but, but let's just address it on, you know, touch on that a bit now. So instead of telling someone that they're indecisive, you could focus on the action like this to improve your decision-making skills. Get in the habit of making two columns and listing the pros and cons each time you need to make a critical decision. Or something like this. When you need to decide on a specific direction, stay focused by writing or typing this question, what's best for the team? And so those are a couple of ways to get to the how. Uh, The one point I want to mention that you touched on is using examples. You know, I talked about wording and phrasing, but the more you can bring in examples, the more it brings the how to life. And that's often missing. People don't really even know whether you know that the manager knows what they've done in the process. So that would be another important step. This is so useful. This is so useful. And I really like your very pragmatic, uh, specific example and say, hey, leverage this tool. Do it this way next time and uh, you will improve your skill, a micro skill, a nano skill, a mini competence. So it's not huge. Oh oh my God, you need to become better in decision making. Well, in order to make a decision, make two columns and type up the issue that you're facing. So this is great. Thank you so much, Joy. Let's talk about the last step. Tell me what to do. This is the expectation of future behavior. We've discussed why it's important, why you should care. I gave you examples of what happened and how you behaved and the results and the outcomes that it had. And now it's time for me as a manager to express my expectations. And if I give positive feedback, it's the expectation to continue doing something, a reinforcement. If the feedback is negative, it's my expectation of change. You've already given us the since benefit formula, the two formulas. So do you have something else up your sleeve that could help a practicing manager? Yes, I have so many more tricks. So let's get to one that's my favorite. In fact, I think this telling someone what to do is crucial. I'm convinced in my years of working with managers and people who are getting feedback from managers is that people often don't meet our expectations because they don't know exactly what to do. So that means being specific is is important here, just as, as it was when we were talking about how. I mentioned before that I recommend accenting the outcome desired more than the problem experienced. And that works very well with negative feedback. A thought formula that a lot of my clients like, and that I happen to see as my favorite one, and maybe the best one, is a next time coaching formula. And it has three parts. Start with the words next time, then give a direction and follow with a benefit. Here we are with benefits again, benefits sell, remember. So when we start with next time, we're automatically focusing on the future rather than the past. And there are, there are lots of next time opportunities, but now that everything is virtual, let's talk about next time with virtual. It really helps in following up conversations. And I'm going to share a situation that I heard about recently. A new sales associate presenting product information to potential customers on a Zoom call 
was caught off guard when she asked any questions and nobody said anything. Complete silence. Now, she had been fully prepared with her slideshow. Her product knowledge was wonderful, but she wasn't ready for silence. Her manager was on the call. But he chose not to rescue her, which I think is a great way to manage. And after a couple of eternity-feeling awkward minutes, she got back on track. What did the manager do about this? He followed up with a coaching conversation soon after the call. Simply picked up the phone and he started with a how question to open up the conversation. How pleased were you? with your presentation. And she, of course, told him exactly what she was pleased with. But then she got to the silence part. And when she brought up that issue, the manager had good advice. Next time, have five or six questions ready to ask, and that will help you generate discussion. So the manager could have said, you should have had some questions ready. Or why didn't you have some questions ready? But instead of sounding accusatory or judgmental, he chose to express his coaching with a forward look, guidance more than judgment. Now, the associate was already embarrassed. She didn't need a should. She didn't need to hear why didn't you to make her feel worse. Those comments just point out what went wrong. So let me repeat this coaching language formula because everybody should hang on to this one. Start with next time, give a direction, follow with a benefit. So the manager said, next time, have five or six questions ready to ask. So there's our next time and there's our direction. And now the benefit, that will help you generate discussion. And that's the kind of coaching conversation that results in improved performance. This sales associate is very likely to follow that direction and not just next time but every time. And it all had to do with what the manager said and and how he said it. And I just want to point out something that my clients have actually taught me over the years. And that is next time coaching works with children. Next time coaching works with partners. So everybody should try it out. Now, when you're talking about positive reinforcement and you mentioned, you know, that may be one of the things that you want to tell somebody to do. I have a good word to work with that. And it's the word continue. Start with continue, give a direction, explain why it's important. So here's an example. Continue sharing your discoveries with the rest of the team. The more everyone knows, the easier it is to keep moving ahead. And I think most people probably find giving positive reinforcement is is not so challenging as as giving the the constructive part. But when you take the approach of next time, that that can make a difference. That is so, so helpful. And it's so consistent with how Sergei and I see things. Very, very practical, real, doable skills and genuinely helpful telling people, here's something, here is a direction. You know, so much coaching uh, was built around the idea that you don't give direction. You let people find their own solutions. And it always felt to me incredibly unjust when you know something as practical as pre-prepare some questions uh, and you withhold that from uh, from your teammate. I, uh, I think this is fantastic. But it does 
um, jog in my mind a question that Sergey and I get a lot. And we hear from managers, we hear from leaders, they feel like a formulaic approach or thought uh, formulas or three steps is mechanical. And that some way, um, in, in some fashion, that that, that appearance of, of things being mechanical or of using the same words is somehow not authentic. And managers are afraid of being kind of caught, oh, this is what she's learned. You know, she's been to the course uh, and now I've got to listen to, you know, uh, the three steps or the, the next time. What do you say about the sort of... Um, the view that, that somehow this is not authentic uh, or it's too mechanical? Well, we definitely want to stay away from sounding mechanical. I mean, that would ruin it. <laughs> and in the decade that I've been helping managers with this coaching language, I haven't heard anyone say that this has been a problem. And I think it's because we're talking about uh, a natural conversational approach we're not going in and saying, okay, we have three steps here. Now, everybody needs to know the three steps, but you know, you don't have to do it in, in that way. Now, it's not likely that team members are going to hear specific words. Here's why. I think instead they're going to absorb the feeling. Um, I believe it was Maya Angelou who's given, given credit for that well-known expression, I don't remember the words that you used, but I do remember how you made me feel. And I think that's what happens with feedback when it's presented appropriately. Now, of all the word prompts that I recommend, next time might be the only one that team members might recognize. Oh, there he is with next time again. However, I think that could turn into a plus. There's a great story from an Army-Navy game where a Navy kicker missed the field goal that would have given Navy the win. And when the person talked with reporters, it's very interesting that he moved beyond the failure and said, I'll use this as motivation. I'll get it next time. Now, we're talking about a 21-year-old here with a next time attitude. How did he get that? Guess what? He gave his credit to his coach. So repetition of next time could turn out to be a good thing because team members could internalize it. And then that becomes something that we're all aware of and all talking about. Let's focus on next time. So I don't think there's a problem with the expressions unless somebody is really awkward and they're not comfortable with them. I recommend practicing, you know, get used to saying it. And then when you go in and have that conversation, in fact, I often tell managers before you go in to a check-in, one of your one-to-ones and write down something that you're planning to say. If you're planning to tell somebody what to do, how are you going to phrase that? And I, I recommend a post-it note because I don't want anybody taking hours to prepare for this. But just think about how am I going to phrase that in advance? And, and that'll help you uh, avoid sounding too mechanical. Thank you, Joy. And I have one last question, one last question, and it's about the environment in which we find ourselves today. It's mostly virtual. Employees sit at home, managers sit at home, 
and uh, they still work on the same business issues, slightly different, but largely the same. And the principles of managing performance, of increasing performance in their teams are still the same. You know, set goals, provide feedback on the progress towards those goals, encourage, motivate, correct, reward. But the way how we do that has changed because now we are on Zoom, in Teams, in WebEx. And if previously managers had the opportunity to give feedback just walking back from the meeting or in a taxi going um, home from the airport after a client meeting, when now they've lost that opportunity. So what we see is that sometimes managers need to give feedback just by typing in a quick note in Zoom observing their direct reports in meetings, in virtual meetings, and providing that feedback in writing. What do they need to bear in mind? Um, Do the same principles around using the coaching language hold, or would something work less effectively or more effectively? What's your general point of view on that? Sure. That question you offered is an excellent one. Everybody should hang on to that because you have a what question, not a can or a do, and you have the next time and you have specifying one thing, not general feedback. That's so important. And we've talked about being specific. So um, that's something that works. So another option is to use that how word that we talked about before and to be specific. So suppose a manager says, you need to get the team more involved. Okay. Someone could respond with, how can I get them more involved on this next project? And what that does is open it up for the manager to give more direction. I mean, if the manager has this in mind that somebody needs to get people more involved, there must be some ideas. Just as you said, Angela, we have far too many cases where somebody says nothing or they just give a generality. You need to get the team more involved. Well, hey, how do I do that? So how works very well. I also recommend asking for clarification. This doesn't happen often enough. Let's suppose a manager tells a team member, you're taking too soft an approach. Now, this is a perfect opportunity to clarify with a question as simple as, could you clarify for me what you mean by taking too soft an approach? I heard a very interesting story from a sales manager who was remembering her early selling days and listened to what her manager told her. You need to use more jujitsu and less karate, okay? She had no idea what he meant, but she felt uncomfortable admitting that. And she didn't want to say that she didn't understand. None of us want to admit that. So she just said, right, okay. And even when she clarified with a friend, what's the difference between jujitsu and karate? She still wasn't sure how to apply this to selling skills. So she was more puzzled than before. One clarifying question would have given her what she needed in order to improve her performance. She just didn't think about asking. It's so easy to ask. And when you say, could you clarify? That's not the same as saying, I don't understand. It puts the onus on the manager who came up with the idea in the first place. Now, another approach is to be specific and proactive at the same time, starting with a question with the word when, and we've talked about that one before. So someone could say, when I connect with stakeholders, 
would it be better to give them all the details about our decision or better to give them a short summary? Now, that proactive approach lets the manager know you've already given the action some thought. And so you're coming at it from an entirely different perspective than saying, I don't get it. I don't understand. And just asking makes so much sense. And mostly questions are going to work here. I am a strong believer in feedback is better given, even if the execution of it is not perfect. If somebody was to say, you know, maybe it was a little awkward or maybe it felt a little mechanical, at least you give someone the service of telling them what they needed to know so much. If you're going to err on the side of getting something uh, wrong, better to get the delivery a little off than avoid it altogether. And that is what we see most often. So again, I have one observation that in the absence of the right words, people do nothing. One question about words. Do men and women use different words when they give feedback? I know that there's some research on gender differences in language, but the only ones that I'm familiar with relate to personal relationships not business situations. And our listeners may be familiar with a book called You Just Don't Understand. Deborah Tannen is a well-known linguist who wrote that book. And it was very, very popular on the New York Times bestseller list for a while, I believe. And her focus in that book was personal communication between a man and a woman. And she offered lots of specific examples of differences in style. In business situations where someone's giving feedback, I'm not sure there's much of a difference. I mean, I have the pleasure of meeting lots of managers in my training, and I can't think of even one situation where I've heard a significant difference in what women say versus what men say. I think there's equal opportunity for both to pay attention to what they say and how they say it. That's how it seems to me anyway. Fantastic. We did a podcast where we flipped this and talked about the importance of asking for feedback. And we think that's so important because it can make such a difference. And then we also talked a little bit about the importance of language. We suggested that people ask what they could do differently next time. So we borrow your next time instead of the very ineffective, give me some feedback where people will fob you off with generalities uh, if you get something at all. What are your useful tips on word choices for folks that are asking for feedback? Anything you can offer us? Written feedback offers so much potential that people aren't taking advantage of. And yes, the principles are absolutely the same. All of the coaching language suggestions I've talked about fit for face-to-face and in writing. Now, I happen to think that written feedback is especially helpful in four situations. When you want to reinforce positive behavior, when you want to clarify expectations, when you want to give detailed directions, and to express gratitude, something that's not done as often as it could be. Now, an advantage to written feedback is that team members can revisit your advice. So let's say you gave someone pretty detailed directions to do something. Are they going to call you and ask, could you just repeat that? I'm I'm just not sure what you said. Well, you don't have to do that if it's in writing. So even if you've already given feedback face-to-face, you can still give written follow-up. Have it in writing and keep it simple 
and then somebody can go back to it. And there's a very important element here as well, and that is people remember what they hear when they also see it in print. That's just a fact. So why don't people do more written feedback? Well, the greatest misunderstanding is that you need to write a lot. No, you don't. Written feedback doesn't have to be long. A very short email is often all that's needed. In fact, I have three words that everybody can remember. Strength, not length. That's what's important. Strength, not length. Now, our virtual world offers so many in-the-moment coaching opportunities, just as you said, Sergey, with, uh, you know, you can do something walking down the hall or sitting in a cab, having a cup of coffee, whatever. Well, you can do the same thing with a short email to help somebody grow. You know, after a presentation, I was talking about that example before where a manager observed something and then, you know, asked somebody how it went. Well, that was a face, not a face-to-face, but a phone call. And that's fine. But he could have done the same thing with writing and just phrased it in a slightly different way. I was talking with somebody just recently who said uh, she was very aware of quick coaching opportunities. You know, I call it in the moment coaching, whatever, you do it quickly and, and with not a lot of planning. So she mentioned a one word prompt that she learned that she uses frequently, and they are the words I noticed. So this word prompt can open up short conversations or short emails. And here's a possibility in email setting. One of your team members didn't speak up at all during a Zoom meeting. And that can be a challenge we know with several people on a call. Here's what the manager can do. Send a short email after the call that starts, I noticed in the meeting you tended to let others do the talking rather than share your experiences. Now that's very different from an attack mode of saying, you need to participate more in meetings. I noticed in the meeting that you tended to let others do the talking rather than share your experiences. And then the rest of the message, the email, could be something as simple as this. While you may be hesitant to speak up, remember you're there to contribute to the team and your experiences can help everyone make sure that the project stays on track. Next time, here we go, there's another next time. No, nobody's going to realize it. Next time, share at least one experience And I'll bet people will ask for more. Now, that's great in the moment coaching. In this this particular case, the, the primary goal is productivity, to be as productive as possible for the team. But I'd like to mention a short benefit to this kind of feedback, and that is language impacts relationships. Let me say that again. Language impacts relationships. And the manager who can write that short email is developing a better relationship with the team member. You can build close relationships by saying things in a way that motivates them. And an an advantage when you're writing an email is you can look at it, you can change it rather than just rely on what you say spur of the moment. So it actually can be better than what you say face to face. I happen to think in these pandemic days, 
that written feedback is more important, not just because we're all in this situation together, but because it's important to stress, I care, I'm here. And that's something that managers can do in writing. In fact, thank you in writing makes the thank you a whole lot more special, especially since somebody can go back and read that thank you again. So by all means, everybody should be sending a thank you this week or next week for a job well done. <laughs> well, we'll definitely send you a thank you for, for, for such a fantastic job. And I, I admire your ability, Joy, really to formulate very complex, very important notions into simple, memorable phrases. And uh, I've written down a couple and I'm taking them with me for the rest of my professional life. Uh, words matter. Strengths, not length. Language impacts behavior. I'm definitely taking the jujitsu, not karate, <laughs> because that's such a, such a brilliant example. <laughs> thank you so very much. We have been incredibly privileged to have the opportunity to learn from the wealth of your experience. And uh, like Sergey, I've got my list of great things to take away. And my favorite thing is going to be, I've noticed, I can't think of a better way to tell people positively that they matter enough to be part of what you're paying attention to. I think that's fantastic. But that is it for today. We have to thank everyone for listening. And we remind them that small changes can lead to big impacts if they find, like a great language, something they can use as a leverage point. 